Welcome back, everybody. This is Theological Soul Food. We're in episode three. Um, just to explain a little bit, Theological Soul Food is a podcast that's dedicated to calling the Black community back to its former state of spiritual satisfaction through engaging conversations, teachings, and encouragement. Together, we will feast on the spiritual meal that once nourished our ancestors. I am Lisa Brubeck, um, the co-host of the show, and the main host of the show is Pastor Brittany Glass. How you doing today, Pastor Glass? I'm doing well. I'm excited about episode three. Episode How are you? As you? I'm doing very good. I've been, and I appreciate all the positive feedbacks, the criticism that everybody's been giving from episode one. Um, episode two will be dropping pretty soon. So um, it's been, this has been pretty good. I'm really excited. Yeah, man. I'm loving it. Same thing. Thank you all for the feedback you've been giving us and also just make sure you let people know you know yeah. if you if you like the podcast share it on social media um tell people about it word of mouth is the best form of disseminating disseminating information uh, so we're excited man yeah this this week we're gonna introduce real quick a new segment a new segment for a couple minutes it's going to give us opportunity to see what's happening in the culture, what's happening in entertainment, what's happening in current events, what's happening even in politics. The name of this segment, and I know Devin's going to make the most amazing <laughs> music for it. The name of this segment is Lisa, What's Poppin'? Ah, uh, yes! <laughs> I was so excited when he told me that we're going to be um, implementing this into the podcast. So, what's poppin'? Now, for my TikTok, my millennials, my TikTok people. Uh-huh. During this week, last week, the week before, if you are not hip to what is going on, Hogwarts from Harry Potter has turned into an HBCU. What? what? Like, this is... <laughs> and I'm here living for it. So, just a little, give a little background, like, what's happening. And so, Hogwarts is, like, a fictional school with these wizards and witches and all this other stuff um but it's become a a a popular uh thing that's a a part of pop uh pop uh culture so what my people do and i love Mm -hmm. my people we have literally taken over genderified it and turned it into an hbcu so (laughs) if (laughs) if y'all are going in september to the homecoming for FAMU and FAMU stands for Hogwarts Agricultural and Magical University. Oh no! <laughs> it is. I mean, it's turned into a thing. Go Gryffindors, okay? Uh, Gryffindors. <laughs> so wow. if y'all go and let me know, because I'm trying to, I'm trying to hit your ride. It's my uh, pay for me to go. This is going to be amazing. So that's what's going on right now in pop culture. Dang. So I like saw something real quick, but I just thought it was like a one person doing it's little thing. Not like it has lit. We have literally taken over Hogwarts. Like, wow. The Ravenclaws, the Gryffindors, like it, the Slytherins, like it's <laughs> it's literally turned into a whole thing, and I'm I'm here for it. I wonder what the Conscious Brothers are gonna say about. <laughs> Now you know it's gonna be some. We all do them witches. The conscious. <laughs> 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 <
uh, it was just I became a fan and so then like you got this you got me who's a bit of a nerd a little bit um, when this came out when the whole thing taking over HBCU Hogwarts blah 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 uh-huh. I was like yeah like my people <laughs> uniting like and at first it was just a joke but now like people are literally all over the the world are gathering mm. together and they're like we we coming together for homecoming oh. in Orlando in September and I'm trying to swing it I'm trying to figure out how oh I can do it so gracious. if you get a minute check it out it's, all right, it's fun I'm gonna check it out I know a couple of Harry Potter fans <laughs> well, my daughter's a Harry Potter fan I wonder if she knows anything about that but yes tell her to to get you hit (laughs) okay all right it's funny man because you know (laughs) we 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 sure do know how our people we sure do know how to take take stuff stuff over take some stuff over (laughs) and make it i'm not saying we making it 10 times better making it 10 times better we making it a thing Now, at the at the end of the day, you know, Harry Potter is one of those iconic things that mm-hmm. you know, the the pure Harry Potter. I mean, that, that that's gonna go down. It's mm-hmm. one of those legendary uh, series of movies. We can't touch that. But like, we could take turn the we are literally turning Harry Potter culture into something into urban culture. Exactly. Yeah. It it yeah. will be ours. I'm so sorry, J.K. Rowling. <laughs> sorry but (laughs) but honestly like we made it not i'm not gonna say we made it popular but how we take things Mm -hmm. and just flip it on its head and really just like put our own flavor on it Mm -hmm. we'll just we the best (laughs) we the best music (laughs) you know you know what they saying what's the name of the what's the name of the world that they live in Okay, I thought it was a world. I saw a movie where they like ran through some bricks in the train station, and they—that's how they get to Hogwarts. Mm -hmm. I I can't remember what it was. Good. I have to text my resident expert. Right. But you know, (laughs) when when they see all this in Hogwarts, know what they're saying is there goes the neighborhood. There There goes goes the the neighborhood. But honestly, it's what I see is it's gonna put money into oh, yeah. into her pocket. Oh gosh, the, the merchandising alone <laughs> alone is gonna put money in her pocket because now oh. like she's reaching a whole new crowd of people. Yeah, that's never even like you you hear whispers of Harry Potter, but you don't really get mm-hmm. into it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so now like. T- Count your money, ma'am, because they blew you up, basically. That's hilarious. At the end of the day, they blew you up. That's hilarious. Uh, All right, I'm going to check that out. I'm going to check it out. Thank you. No problem. That was good. See, every week that we have a broadcast, or if it's, you know, if it's one of our full segment broadcasts, a full broadcast, uh, we, we try to do that. We try yeah. to hear what's going on because, uh, you know, we, we like having fun as we, uh, you know, this is called Theological Soul Food, so, you know. Mm-hmm. We eating good food, but you still gotta have some little side conversations at the dinner table as yeah. we eat the good food, hang out, talk about all stuff. Well, very well rounded. But yeah. yo, know, today we gonna we gonna talk about we're gonna go into a, a little series um, for a few weeks um, or a few episodes. Yeah, we're gonna be dedicated to Christianity's complicity with racism. Now, this is what it's gonna be. I, I feel like I need to get make put on my stretchy pants. Cause okay, okay. What you got? I feel like it's gonna be some meat here. <laughs> oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, that's like the I'm, point. I'm gonna need some time to digest. So, 
Oh yeah. So so talk to me, Pastor Glass. All right. So one of the iconic moments in um uh in uh the civil rights movement is what took place at the 16th Street Baptist Church in Birmingham, Alabama mm-hmm. um, in 1963. And that's when, you know, uh, people going to church is normal and they're a Sunday school. And as four girls, I think it was five girls, mm-hmm. um, were walking down one of the stairs um, in the church, either going to or leaving from Sunday school, a bomb went off. And that bomb killed four of the little girls, maimed wow. them, destroyed them. And it, it, it hits hard. I mean, I've, I've grew, I grew up learning about this mm-hmm. um, in most uh, African-Americans who have a little bit of knowledge may have been told this story mm-hmm. um, by elders and their family, stuff like that. But, you know, we all kind of talk about four little girls, four little girls, four yeah. little girls. But like now I'm, I have three girls. Mm-hmm. And they all were about the same age as my daughters. Like my youngest is nine, my middle is 13, my oldest is 17. And they all kind of were around that age group. And I was just like, man, I couldn't imagine that. Like hearing that if it was just one of my daughters, mm-hmm. just at church. Yeah. At church. Which should feel like off limits. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah. But. Pastor Glass, don't feel that I'm callous, but just to think, like, because I have a little girl, and I don't, <clears throat> I don't have multiple, but I have one. But I just think about, like, you would think church is off limits, and though I didn't grow up in that time, where you would feel that hate mm-hmm. on a constant basis. So, with the possibility that could probably happen, yeah, I think about Dylan Roof now, yeah, and how like how much we've progressed yeah. from where we were back then yeah from the bombing to to now where you would still think church yeah. is off limits yeah. like i don't know that's just like i i think that it should be impossible yeah but then i think we 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 end up living the possible yeah because when you think about it because we you know the church has always was always supposed to be considered a safe haven. Exactly. It's always supposed to be a place of neutrality mm-hmm. where, you know, it was kind of like this understood thing, probably middle ages where there is, you know, sanctuary in mm-hmm. the church. Right. So if you're running from someone trying to kill you, you running from, you know, but then you go to church. Okay. This is sacred. We're going to rake, we're going to respect the sanctity mm-hmm. of this place. This place is protected. But, the reality is for the brown and black folk, that's never really been true and not Mm-mm. in the American context. Church has never been safe. <laughs> like, and to, to your point, mm-hmm. like from the time of the slave ships through slavery's over, Jim Crow, mm-hmm. to even what you were referencing, yeah. like Dylan Roof, like we have armed people at our church Mm -hmm. just for that reason exactly just for that reason and back then they probably didn't have that ability to arm people um so (laughs) like it just 
like I said, you keep thinking like, that's impossible. Yeah. This is supposed to be where me and God meet. Yeah. And, you know, no matter what the color of my skin, like me and God meet here. Yeah. And yeah. this is my safe place. No. Yeah. That's crazy. So, yeah, man, this happened. And it was one of the, it was another one of those real crucial moments in the civil rights era. Mm-hmm. It really just, it just rose up people's sensibilities and it made people say, look, this has to change. This mm-hmm. has to change. If you have not seen um, the movie Selma, great movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, great movie. Anyone who's not seen it, watch it. Avery Duraney, she actually um, started the movie off with that scene. Mm-hmm. And it just makes it so. And the movie kind of, that was kind of the, the point of the movie. That was the catalyst um, for what that movie led into. But I'm bringing that up and I'm talking about that because there's a... Uh, 20th century theologian by the name of Richard Neighbor. Mm-hmm. He's considered one of the best um, theologians in the 20th century. And there was not a lot of, there was not a lot of a response okay. from, uh, you know, the white church. There was not up, there was not a lot of uproar. There was not a lot of uh, cause for justice. It was a lot of silence mm-hmm. except for, People like Richard Neighbor, and he was one of the people that spoke, and he had a quote in response to what took place. Um, he says, as far as the church is concerned regarding the 16th Street Baptist Church bombing, it represents a failure. Mm-hmm. He said, this is a failure. As far as the church is concerned, basically saying the church is failing the African American in this country. hmm he was basically saying as an institution, Christendom, um, you know, as far as they're concerned, this act of violence represents Christendom's failure to protect the dignity of the African and subsequently treat as brothers and sisters uh, the African-American. Like we, we, we have not the, the African-American. This was a true moment where the African-American again is reminded you can be Christian, mm-hmm. but we still don't consider you brothers and sisters. That's... <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, this is that moment. And that's yeah. what he's saying. This quote, he's like, man, this is a failure. We have failed the African-American. And he made this quote like in uh, uh, 1963. So so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about why. Mm-hmm. Why this failure and why is this failure so consistent to i'm so glad you brought up dylan roof that is still something that 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 comes up man like we still have these fears mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying that we are not safe in church you know what i'm saying that, and it's crazy it's it's i think it even with the dylan roof thing there's going to be generations that they're going to get comfortable again mm. like going from the bombings yeah to dylan roof I'm pretty sure people got comfortable thinking like, okay, we are in the house of God. Things have changed. Rights have been passed. Yeah. Blah, blah, blah. Like, yes, we still are experiencing racism. Blah, blah, blah. But is it touching home? Probably not. Like, yeah. we're, we're okay. Yeah. And then there's going to, God forbid, and I pray that it doesn't happen again. But are we going to get to an, another place where there's going to be years from now, a new generation's popping up yeah. and another situation happen in the church what's going to be the response then yeah it's gonna be interesting because what is it by 2050 (laughs) 
If- by 2050, <laughs> you know that's when majority culture is going to be cons- minority culture. Yeah. You know, so it's going to be interesting to see, like, what this country really is going to look like, what mm-hmm. what what the race issue is going to really look like. And many people are like, yes, you know, mm-hmm. this is going to be the time when, you know, African-Americans and, you know, Latinos and, mm-hmm. you know, uh, all indigenous people will be able to, you know, have fair representation mm-hmm. and, you know, equal rights and they can pass the laws that they want and economic um, equity and all this other stuff. And I'm like, uh, yeah. And the reason I'm like, mm-hmm. uh, talk about it when you when you read the Bible. Book of Exodus, there was a people that was a minority at first. Mm-hmm. And then it talks about how they kept growing mm-hmm. and kept having babies. Yep. And kept having babies. Mm-hmm. And then the leaders saw that wait a minute, this minority culture is about to become the majority. Mm-hmm. So this is what we're going to do. We're we going we to take the male sons and throw them all in the Nile River. Right. <laughs> In order to make sure a balance stays it, the way exactly. or the power stays how they want it to stay. Exactly. So people are like, eh, it's going to be interesting. And they're like social scientists, oh, it's going to look like this. It's going to look like that. Mm-hmm. I'm like, people, people, people don't like giving up power. They don't. At all. And I'm just like, and you begin to see what's happening, you know, with a lot of these you know, you, I, you know, I'm a, consp- I'm not a conspiracy theorist. I'm a historian, and I see patterns. Yeah, and it's like, all right, all this stuff that's happening right now in the culture mm-hmm. that seems like progression, mm-hmm. or it seems like a shift. Why is there really a shift? Right. Why are we really seeing more mixed race couples on TV television? And, yeah, and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Why and nothing against that? Obviously yeah. not. You know what I'm saying? I mean, my co-host. <laughs> <laughs> hey, babe. <laughs> nothing against right. that whatsoever. But it's like, what's the real motivation behind it? Right. You know, is it all for money and marketing? Because, or is it a thing? Hey, we want to, you know, we we we, we want to shift mindsets. Mm-hmm. What? And and here's the thing: nobody's gonna change my mind on this one. Mm-hmm. What's the real reason Roe v. Wade was overturned? Listen, I really want to know about that one because I've definitely been in a lot of like chats, Mm -hmm. talks where you got people on opposite sides. You got people that are in agreement of it, not in agreement of it. And to me, I'm just kind of like for something that's been where it's at for so long, Mm -hmm. the change I was just like, huh? Like, you know, like, it was one of, like, when your belly speaks, you listen to it, right? Like, something's not right. Something's not adding up. So, so what's what? I mean, so for real, like, so here's the thing. Here's the thing. For the first time in the history of this country, I'm pretty sure, Dan's not here to fact check me, Mm -hmm. but I'm pretty sure for the first time in American history, Majority culture has a zero-sum birth rate, mm. meaning there are more white folk dying mm-hmm. than being born. And one of the rising populations of people having abortions mm-hmm. are white females. Mm. So the conspiracy theorists in me and some of the conspiracy theorists is like, okay, 
it's funny now yeah. when there's now this zero sum growth rate mm-hmm. in the white cult in the in the white population. Now we're going to overturn Roe v. Wade. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I, I say all that to say, um, you know, we 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 got some stuff that we got to unpack here. We got some stuff to really unpack um, as to why why these things are happening where they are. Why was there a bombing in? 1963. Why is Dylan Roof doing it um, in, in the last few, you know, however many years ago that was? Mm-hmm. Why is it? And I'm gonna give a little lesson real quick. Okay. So you said I'm we, ready. You said it was gonna get a little deep. Yeah. All right. Stretch your pants. <laughs> <laughs> they're on. They're ready. Cool. <laughs> All right. So there's an emperor that one day we may talk about him for a long time. Uh, he was an emperor of Rome by the name of Constantine. Mm-hmm. Constantine. You know, everybody knows about Constantine because of pop culture. Um, you know, some some false historians and some pseudo scholars uh, have been filling up the Internet, basically just speaking as if they are Constantine historical Roman scholars and they are just spouting off a lot of falsehoods. Mm-hmm. Um, falsehoods concerning... Um, you know, well, Constantine started the church and Constantine created Jesus and Constantine became a Christian just so they could control the people with one religion, blah, 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 blah. Um, but the reality is Constantine was a ruler and his his rule and his reign did tolerate Christianity, which means that um, in 313, there was an edict of Milan, which basically said Christians could no longer be tortured. Um, and in 325 AD, when Constantine was firmly set in his emperor, uh, in his rule, um, he determined that Christianity would be the religion uh, of the state. Mm-hmm. All right. So this this has some this is what changed the world. The reason the world is the way it is right now is because of that decision. The reason Christianity became kind of the dominant world religion is because of that decision. Um, in terms of acceptance, you know, of course, the only reason that Christianity grows and spreads is because the Holy Ghost. Okay. The altar. Right. Confessing your sins, repent and turn it from your wicked ways. <laughs> it was always a turning from your wicked ways. Turn it from your used wicked ways. <laughs> drive it home. Turn it from your wicked ways. <laughs> <laughs> Turn it. How do you how do you feel as a five year old here? <laughs> like, I didn't know I was wicked, <laughs> but and everything was considered wicked as far as like you not listen to your mom. You're wicked. <laughs> you didn't finish all your food and you secretly th- put it in a napkin and threw it in the trash. You know what you did? You're wicked. The Lord sees you. <laughs> the Lord. <laughs> so yeah, man. So, you know, that's how that's how Christianity really spread, you know, the gospel. Um, but culturally, Christianity spread because of Constantine. Now, I'm going to break something down. Now, you've heard the word pagan before, right? I have, yes. All right, pagan is a word that is used and used and used. Um, it typically means uh, unorthodox religion. It uses or one of the not, one of the, um, any religion outside of the three major religions um, pagan religions are considered religions that are uh, religions where there's a lot of sorcery, witchcraft, sometimes a lot of idols, trinkets, all that stuff, uh, crystals, all that stuff is considered uh, pagan. But pagan actually is, comes from a Latin word, which means paganus or paganus. 
Okay. That word paganus basically means um, urban, not urban, rural. So in the time of Rome, uh, you had people who were city dwellers, people who were rural, and you had, I'm sorry, urban, city dwellers, urban, and you had people who were also um, um, rural, and those people were considered paganus. So what happens is these village dwellers, these rural people, um, they were kind of behind civilization. You know, they were behind. They weren't in the cosmopolitan cities. They were mm-hmm. just kind of behind um, all of that stuff. And if you're in the cosmopolitan cities, if you were in the urban areas, then, yeah, you are considered an individual that's kind of up with the times. You know, it's just kind of like now. You okay. know what I mean? If, if, if you know, someone is not modern, like someone walking around with a flip phone. Okay. <laughs> we're looking at them like. Why you still got a flip phone? Exactly. Someone doesn't have a smartphone right now. We looking at them like, what's wrong with you? Are you how broke are you? But here's the thing though. When I see somebody with a flip phone, I'm always I'm kind of thinking like, what do you know that I don't? Man, that's deep. I'm like, because I you say you're not really a conspiracy theorist. I I am. Okay. Well, I'm gonna get you delivered from that. <laughs> like if I see you with a flip phone, I'm kind of like, am I being watched by my phone? <laughs> but like, look. But look, I'm going to say this. I'm a little bit different. Sometimes I see people with flip phone, I'm jealous. Because <laughs> I know one thing. They only got to worry about charging that thing once in 24 hours. Okay. That thing, you could literally throw it up against the wall. While you're talking to someone, be, they make you mad. You could throw it up against the wall and pick it up. And they still talking. Yeah. And they don't even know. And the phone's still working. Yeah. <laughs> Those things are so durable, man. Or if I hit you with the flip, because to have a flip phone <laughs> if the conversation is heated ooh, ooh, ooh. and I'm sick of what you saying ah. that yep. that clap yep, that, that snap <laughs> now I gotta hit the I know, man. The button don't do it. The button don't do it. Yeah, sometimes, that touch screen sometimes it's slow too <laughs> yeah. like you be trying to and it don't do it the first yeah the flip used to give people yeah Win the argument, okay? You won the <laughs> argument if you if you slam that phone down. Right, right, right. So yeah, man. So it's like that. So like you had the people in these uh, rural areas, um, and they were considered, like I said, behind the times. So here's the thing: um, eventually, those people in those areas were considered barbaric, mm-hmm. uncivilized, and. Um, the thing is, Christianity in the Roman Empire started in the urban areas. It started okay. in the cities. Okay. So it became a thing where people who were in the cities were the ones converting to Christianity. Mm-hmm. People in the villages and the, the uh, um, you know, in the rural areas, they were still into their traditional religions. They okay. were still worshiping however many gods they were worshiping. So now people who were Paganus became associated with false gods. Okay. While Christians, we have the real God. We have the right religion. Mm -hmm. So what happened is the church adopted that term pagan uh, to basically not just characterize it as people who were non-Christian, but also people who were less civilized barbaric. Wow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And unfortunately, 
the tragedy behind this is this it creates a bias mm-hmm. and this bias uh eventually proposes uh presupposes superiority and a sense of a divine allegiance with God with those who identify as non-pagan. Okay. So now it's all right, we're not pagan, so we're on God's side. Mm-hmm. We're in the side of right. We're 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 divinely chosen. Mm-hmm. While the people out who are not Christians, they're barbaric, they're savages. All right. I think you probably listening knows where this is going. So what happens is the superiority idea um kind of creates this belief that there is a discord between the divine mm-hmm. and those who would be considered pagan. pagan. Okay. Now one can easily see how this sets the tone for the interactions between the West and Africa. Because when we go to Africa, mm-hmm. or when the West begins to expand to Africa and even westward to the new uh to the new world, they're not Christian. Yeah. So that means you're pagan, mm-hmm. which means you are barbaric, which means you are uncivilized. Savages. You are savages. Which means that y'all out here still thinking that the world is flat, but we're advanced and we know the world is round. Right. Looking down lesser people. Mm -hmm. Right. So when the Portuguese began to like basically descend on these uh, on the continent of Africa, you know, trying to grow in wealth and prosperity. Um, it was quick. It was easy for them to consider them, uh, for them to consider the natives and the indigenous people and indigenous cultures and indigenous tribes as subhuman. Yeah. You're pagan. Right. Only, and not because you cannibals, not because you're violent, Mm -hmm. not because you are, uh, eating little children. Yeah. Throw them in the fire. Not because you're doing any of that stuff. But because you're not a Christian. Right. Okay. So because you're not a Christian, we can dehumanize you. And the unfortunate history of the African continent is because human histories, uh, human, human, human history mm-hmm. uh, at this point in time created this, this uh, continuum. Well, I'm not going to say continuum, this hierarchy of what eventually became races. Mm-hmm. It wasn't races at first. It was just tribes, people, lands. This hierarchy of people where the the white was at top mm-hmm. and literally the closer to white you were, the better human being you were. The darker you got, mm-hmm. the more barbaric you were. The more uncivilized, the less human you were. So, when... I do not see or respect or give any human dignity credit to you because of the color of your skin. I will have no problem bombing a church that's full of people like you. Exactly. And people don't understand, like, this is why we have to address these things at the root. Mm -hmm. This is more than an individual who sees color and says, I don't like you because you black. This is 
a systematic formulation of our minds, of our psyche that tells people that black folk are not as human as you. <laughs> Speechless. I just, <laughs> and it just, excuse me. Uh-huh. And I always feel like I'm the 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 bearer of bad news when I bring these things up. But again, this is the world that we're living in. I didn't live in the time of the bombings, but mm-hmm. then I go, I I think back, and it's sad that these are my generation, the generations after me are going to grow up and have these images in their minds. But I think about just recently the shooting that was in Buffalo. Yeah. How he literally went to a grocery store and was just yeah. targeting black people. Yeah. Yeah. So, and and that goes to my point I was saying earlier. Yeah. Because he had a manifesto. Mm-hmm. And in his manifesto was this thing called the GRT. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't talk about the GRT because the GRT tells a story that people don't want to talk about. GRT is this thing called the Great Replacement Theory. Mm-hmm. The Great Replacement Theory. It started... Years ago in France, I think, okay. a guy, Frenchman wrote it when he saw the growing number of immigrants. Mm-hmm. And it was, and he created this panic, how we have to preserve our culture. We yeah. have to preserve this. We got to preserve that. We got to preserve this. Or we will be no more. Mm-hmm. And he called it the Great Replacement Theory. And many of the people like that guy and, you know, uh, 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 there's a lot of people, just white nationalists, who lean to that document. They don't want to talk about it because it's straight racism. Yeah. But the Great Replacement Theory is actually a document that is uh, – it it, it, it 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 confirms a lot of their fears mm-hmm. and their beliefs, just like what we were talking about with the Pharaoh. Afraid that the Israelites are going to replace the Egyptians so yeah. we don't kill them. Right. So, yeah, man. That's a good thing you bring that up. That's that's a perfect example and of, of how deep the problem is. Right. You know? Like, and this is what people understand about why people are so infuriated with the whole Make America Great Again movement. Yes. Because it was really... A lot of great repra- ah, great replacement theory fears mm-hmm. that was being used to scare people into the voting block. Exactly. So they're gonna got, take my gun. <laughs> they're gonna take my gun. They're gonna take everything. They're, yeah, gonna, they're gonna take, take our it. jobs. They're gonna take our. They're, they're taking the schools. They affirmative action. Why they gotta have affirmative action? That stuff was so long ago. Mm-hmm. And, you know all these concessions. Why do we have welfare? Like all these things, mm-hmm. people are challenging and saying that everything is going to minority cultures. Nothing's going to majority culture. Right. I say, yeah, man. So the reality is. You know, when it comes to um, these things I'm talking about, what what messes me up and what I think about is how the church had a chance early on to see the trajectory of racism and reject it, but it did not. Mm -hmm. It actually embraced it early on. Because why fix what we don't believe is broken? It's working for us. Right. <laughs> I don't, it's literally like, I don't see what the problem yeah. <laughs> I don't see what the problem is here. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Why fix what's not 
what's not broke it's broken to you it's not right. broken to me yeah so yep and if it's i mean and, and because you're i consider you lesser mm-hmm. the fact that it's broken to you literally has no it's inconsequential mm-hmm. to me there is no connection and this is the thing that's like man we cannot be reading from the same book exactly <laughs> <laughs> like we cannot be reading from the same book. And when you, and, and, and this stuff is important to know because you have so many people right now in our culture who have, who are looking at the history and they're seeing this stuff and they're seeing the nasty, atrocious history of the church. And it's like, how can I trust you? Mm-hmm. How can we, tr- if the church can carry this on, for centuries, mm-hmm. how can black and brown people trust Christianity? How can you? Especially when there has not been significant acts of, I'm not going to say reconciliation, mm-hmm. but I'm going to say uh, acts of, of of repentance. Right. Significant acts of repentance. So a lot of this stuff is the stuff that we need to know and talk about. Because we're talking about always, and, you know, we have a lot of these church programs, and I love them. The heart of them is good with, hey, racial reconciliation, racial reconciliation, racial reconciliation. But, like, no, we got to we gotta, we gotta deal with the real root of the problem. Yeah. And the real root of the problem is the dignity of the African American was stolen and never adequately given back. Exactly. That's why we love Wakanda so much. That's why because, we love Black Panther so much. Because it's for us. Ah. <laughs> like, you feel seen. Like, it's, I mean, and it's to this day where people get excited when they see themselves, like, you know, Black and Brown people, they see themselves in yeah. certain things that for so long was only for yeah. a certain group of people. Yeah. Going back to the whole Hogwarts thing, it was yeah. really only for a certain group of people. And you almost had a shame if you was like, I'm, I'm part of. I, yeah, I'm part true. of the Hogwarts. Like so, now seeing it being being turned into this thing that it represents this group of people, people hype. Yeah, yeah. And I wish that was the same thing as far as for I, and I. I think uh, as far as black and brown people, we do the same thing as far as church as well. Yeah, we that's true. we will. That's. That's an important piece. If I'm looking for a church, I'm looking where I know I will feel comfortable. Mm-hmm. So whether it is diversity, because my my family is diverse, mm-hmm. um, but for somebody else to be like, no, I'm only going to go to a black church, yeah, because they know they understand my plight, they understand yep. my pain, they understand the the things that I to this day go through, right? Yeah. Um, whereas like if I go to those churches that are predominantly I'm I might yeah. not stay. Yeah. Yeah. Because is this a community that I could truly be a part of to Woo-hoo. say like you understand that lady that followed me around the store. Mm-hmm. You know, if yeah. I if I express that to you, do you truly understand that? Or do you or do you agree with what she was doing? Exactly. So my wife, I you know, I I was a part of a program a couple weeks ago. Um where we broke everybody in these groups and we talked about uh, different issues, you know, mm-hmm. different issues, racial issues, mixed group, 
black, white, um, quite a few uh, different ethnicities were there. And one of the discussion questions I came, you know, me and a group of people, we came up with them. And one of the discussion questions, or it's not a discussion question, it was a statement. And it's one of those scales of agree, disagree, Mm -hmm. strongly agree, strongly disagree Mm -hmm. with the statement that was made. I hate those questions. Ah, (laughs) But they can get some good conversation. Like, I hate the the choices. Agree, agree. I hate those. (laughs) Ah, So so we did that for purpose of discussion. And one of the questions that, uh, one of the um, statements that I came up with to give everybody was, I would feel comfortable in the church if the pastor was a different race than me. Mm. And most people... We're like, yes, 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 yes. And I heard that in one group, um, a lady rose her hand, African-American, and she says, well, I'm being honest with you. This is this is going against the grain of what everyone else is saying, but I probably wouldn't be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. And she says, the pastor could be great. Mm-hmm. The pastor could love the Lord. Mm-hmm. And she was like, my concern is not so much the pastor. But my concern is what about the, how do the people in the congregation feel about me? Yeah. Like, how do they feel about me? How do they really feel about me? Um, and I was saying, I was like, ah, who? I was like, did the lady who said that? I was the woman who was telling me this. I was like, did the lady say that? Was she there with like a couple daughters, curly hair, real pretty? She's like, yeah. I was like, oh, that was my wife. <laughs> <laughs> that was Doctor Glass. Yeah. <laughs> but um, back to your point, man. Yeah. Like that's the stuff we have. That's our burden. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? That we have. Yeah. You know, and so, and, and these are the things that are not really talked about and dealt with when it go when it comes to trying to bring diversity to the body of Christ. Mm-hmm. Like diversity to the body of Christ means that the sin and the sins of racism and it has to be repented yeah. of. Implicit biases have to be recognized. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or we will always have the situation where black church, black family goes into a white church mm-hmm. and you're going to have some people who celebrate it. Hey, we're diverse. Yeah. You know, some people, hey, I don't see color, which mm-hmm. is a problem too. Yeah. You're going to have some people where it's just like, you know what? This is great. God is moving here. But you got some people like, why are you here? Yeah. And the truth is, Black folk do the same thing. Uh, and we do. <laughs> and, and we do. Like, I've been a part of those churches where it's it's all black. The whole congregation is all black. And this is even before Marcus mm-hmm. came into the picture. Yeah. And they would see a, a white family come in and just kind of like, get you know, big eye. Like, oh, oh, yeah. what, what, what's happening? Yeah. Why, why are they here? Yeah. Um. So, and it's vice versa. Like I've been in those situations where I've gone, been invited out to a Bible study or something like that. And I'm the only person of color sitting in a room and and, and I'm feeling uncomfortable. I don't know if the people around me are feeling uncomfortable, Mm -hmm. but they kind of got this look of who is this? Yeah. Why are they here? Yeah. Um, so yeah. And it it just, and you know me, I'm, I'm a realist. More than an idealist. I mm-hmm. understand that. But still the Christian, you know, Matthew 5, Jesus Christ gives us the ideals of what the kingdom is supposed to look like in the in the uh, Sermon on the Mount when he gives us the Beatitudes. And it's just like, man, how, 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 how did we allow ourselves to stray so far from that? Yeah. 
How did we strive so far? I mean, blessed are the peacemakers. Matthew 5, 9, blessed are the peacemakers. Mm-hmm. For they will be called sons of God. And it's just like, you know, when we're starting to see so much chaos uh, between the races and it began to happen early in this country, like, why, where are the peacemakers at? Where are the peacemakers at? Where's the idea? Where's the concept? Where's that? And, and you know, I, of course, I have recency bias. I wasn't living in those times. I was not living at those times as a white person. Mm-hmm. I get that. I understand that. But some things, some things, it takes a whole lot of intentionality to be able to deny. Yeah. And to look at another human being and to deny that you are a human or to proclaim that my humanity is superior to yours simply because I ain't got as much melanin in my skin as you. Right. Come on, man. So this has been our issue. And like we said earlier, that's why we like Wakanda so much because it's like, wow, dignity, strong, black folk, own culture. Mm -hmm. It was something that we experienced rarely in our lifetimes. Yeah. But here's the thing why I bring up Black Panther. Watch it now. African American culture used to experience Black Panther every week Mm -hmm. in church. Okay. I in thought church. she was going to say something. Like oh, no, 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 no. <laughs> what kind of <laughs> What kind of They <laughs> used to experience it every week. Mm-hmm. Every week we go into church and you got janitors, you got maids, you got uh, mechanics, you got uh, 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 train porters mm-hmm. who are considered some of the lowest uh, jobs and professions, dressing suits. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Looking nice. Royalty. Looking like royalty. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And and if there was going to be exposure to educated African Americans, if kids are going to be exposed to educated African Americans, it's going to be in church. If kids who are poor are going to be exposed to African Americans who have a little bit of money or mm-hmm. they were able to rise above their circumstances, they're going to interact with them in church. Yes. So this is where Wakanda used to be every Sunday. Right. In America, where we go in there, and that's what they felt. Mm-hmm. Music, our music, singing, tapping into our spirituality, mm-hmm. everything, our food, yeah. come on. <laughs> Sunday dinner, church dinners, come on. <laughs> Mothers in the back. Mothers in the back. Let's mm-hmm. talk about it with the fried chicken, the spaghetti, the green beans, and the cornbread. Exactly. That was Selling the staple. The that was the staple <laughs> church meal. Yeah. Fried chicken, spaghetti. Green beans. Green beans. And a piece of bread. Might have been cornbread. It was a piece of bread. Mm-hmm. Some red juice. Well, I was about to say the red juice. <laughs> the blood of Jesus juice. The the red <laughs> diabetes in a cup. But <laughs> <laughs> well, for real, think about that. We had Wakanda every Sunday. We did. We every Sunday. And we went home feeling good. And now I can face being outside of Wakanda. Yes. Because I had a good time in Wakanda on Sunday. That's where that's where we felt our dignity. That's when we saw African Americans stand up and talk to their people about the goodness of God. And in spite of your circumstances, your mm-hmm. God still loves you. Mm-hmm. Man, come on. Whether man. they were shouting it at you in your face, <laughs> talking calmly, <laughs> screaming, yes. laying of hands. <laughs> man. You... I 100% agree. You would walk out of, like, when I got old enough to truly understand, like, what it meant 
to have mm-hmm. a relationship with God, like getting those messages. And you literally walked out feeling 10, like feeling like a few inches taller. Yeah. Back straight. Like I can face this week no matter what the adversities are going to be. Yeah. I never thought about it that way. So I'm glad you said that. Yeah. <laughs> hey. Like I was in Wakanda. I know, but think about <laughs> it. Like, and I think we can bring Wakanda back. I think it's necessary. I think it's necessary. That might be a book. Bring Wakanda back. Bring Wakanda back. I have all kinds of metaphors of trying to get us to come back to church. That's my newest one. Bring Wakanda back. I got to write that back because every Sunday was Wakanda for us. Yeah. Every Sunday was Wakanda for us, man. So, all right, cool. All right. That was a good discussion. I appreciate that, Pastor. Hey, man, we having fun. Yeah. You representing the people. So if you lighten up and you enjoying the conversation, that tells me people gonna enjoy it. If you over there, <laughs> if you over there sleep, no, not no. Right, <laughs> we got problems. Well, uh, we gonna scratch that Whoa, episode. Right, help. <laughs> all right, hit me with true, false, or ridiculous. True, false, or ridiculous. Slavery broke up churches in America. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry. Slavery broke <laughs> up churches in America. Slavery broke up churches in America. Is that true, false, or ridiculous? That is true. I believe it. So you know how you have like Baptists, mm-hmm. yeah, Southern Baptists. Mm-hmm. The reason you have Baptists and Southern Baptists is because I'm it, I'm probably getting my denominations wrong, but what happened during slavery mm-hmm. is either um, it was either the Methodist or the Baptist where they said that, you know, they tried to bring in an idea of abolition mm-hmm. of slavery. And, you know, we want to, we want to preach abolition of slavery. They introduced that to, uh, the, all the Baptists at the, one of their conventions mm-hmm. and the churches in the South said, no, no, thank you. We like slaves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we like our slaves. You're not taking, you're not taking Toby. And that is why you now have the Southern Baptist division. Okay. They were created because of slavery. Um, the Methodists had a split. It's very similar split as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember exactly what the, what it was called, but you had certain Methodist churches when that, the question of slavery came up. Mm-hmm. Uh, those those churches were, uh, they were like, nah, we, we, we in the South. And when people talk about, like, the Confederacy and the South and Civil War, like, it, they say it was about their way of life. Mm-hmm. You know, we're trying to preserve the way of life of the South, but the way of the life of the South, what fueled that engine was slaves. Okay. <laughs> so, yes, slavery broke up churches in America. Slavery broke up denominations. So you mm-hmm. had denominational split over that issue of slavery, which, once again— makes me a little uncomfortable yeah i think we should <clears throat> add to the topics i'm sorry yeah. add to the topics to talk about all of the denominations okay and the hierarchies yeah. of the denominations i'm here to break it all down i'm not gonna lie to you growing up it was always if you were apostolic that was the best one. Oh yeah that was the best denomination yeah Going to a Pentecostal church, it was like, nope, we the best ones. Yeah, our yeah, yeah, our yeah. view is right. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, that's a good topic. I'm going to write that down. That's a good idea for a topic. <laughs> Let's talk about it. Because that's where, I mean, because, and I think 
I mean, all you know, all all races have to deal with that type of stuff. But mm-hmm. like, yeah, like because church is a place we have so much dignity. Mm-hmm. You know, you you saw it in African American culture. Like, yeah. Oh, uh, we don't mess with them Baptists. Exactly. <laughs> if you were friends, <laughs> it would get to the point where if you were friends with someone who was not apostolic, you're unevenly yoked. Yeah. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, what? So. Oh, yeah. We're going to do that. I'm going to write that down. We should talk about, we're going to talk about denominations, church hierarchy, all that stuff. Because that's the stuff that's confusing folk. And it's like, it's church too overwhelming. I can't figure it all out. So right. I, I just want to go to church and worship <laughs> Jesus. It built my relationship, and that's it. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to have to abide by all these rules. It's yeah, too much. Right. Too much stuff going out. Exactly. I hear you. So to kind of wrap us up, Pastor Glass, once again, this is always a good time. But hey. to wrap us up for this part. Yes. Because we, we, I think we missed it the last week. But, yes. And we got to keep talking about the soul food. So whoever is supposed to be preparing these meals. Come on with it. I have not gotten mine yet. Yeah, we waiting. Uh, we'll sponsor you. We're going to say your name. Exactly. We'll wear a t-shirt, too. Exactly. I, I need a meal. Thank <laughs> you. I'm sitting over here hungry, okay? My stomach is eating my back, all right? Thank oh, you. Oh, no. <laughs> um, but, Pastor God, what is the best underrated or under-the-radar soul food dish? And I had to think about this one. Cause <sighs> I gotta, and I think it's based off of families. Like, who? Oh. Like, what, what, what's your family bring on Thanksgiving Ooh. and Christmas? Best underrated. Man, I just just thinking about it. Oh, best underrated. Yeah, I can't say greens. Mm-mm. That's that's too yeah, big. That's can't say macaroni and cheese. That's a staple. That's a staple. Oh, you know what? I don't know if this is soul food or not. Just say it. Bread pudding. Okay. Ooh. I mean, I appreciate your thoughts. <laughs> <laughs> Bread so, pudding. All right, so disclaimer, I ain't never had bread pudding before until I was, it was probably about 10, 12 years ago, maybe oh, longer than that. And my wife's aunt had us over and she was like, yeah, I got to, we visited actually, we were visiting, we was out of town. She's like, hey, I want y'all to come over for dinner. And it was like, all right, cool. Yeah, whatever. Go to hang out for dinner, blah, blah, blah. We ain't think nothing of it. She, she, man, mm-hmm. I'm bumpsy. Oh my God. Mm, 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 mm. She threw down. Okay. We were not ready. We just thought we was visiting her aunt mm-hmm. and hey, all right, you know what I'm saying? Have some KFC. Oh my God. And that's the first time I spread. First time I had bread pudding. And my, my I fell in love. I think a tear came out of my uh, eye. So <laughs> that's mine. What's yours? <laughs> I got a so here's the thing. I got a couple. Okay. Right. My one, my my I don't know where she got this recipe. But she introduced it to us. My mom's a cook, okay? Okay. She's so much of a cook that she tries to change stuff up. Okay. She tried to change the macaroni and, and add different cheese. Did nobody actually do that? <laughs> Keep it where it's at, okay? <laughs> but, like, she was like, I'm, I'm feeling festive. I just want to try <sighs> something. Sit your butt down. This is the only time I said my mom's Sit your butt down. Do what I told you to do, okay? Oh, no. <laughs> um, oh, no. But she, she introduced broccoli cornbread. Into the mix one year, and we all like. Huh? Wait, 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 wait! Back, 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 back. Yes, broccoli cornbread. Broccoli cornbread. So it's cornbread with broccoli in it. Broccoli pieces, and not big old chunk. Like you're not eating a tree, okay? <laughs> you eating it, but it was like little pieces. We had like onions and seasoning and all this other stuff, and you 
it could almost be a meal in itself. Mm. But broccoli cornbread, and then one, I would say the most underrated, and y'all could judge me if you want to. Come on. Cranberry sauce. Underrated. Is it really underrated though? Yes, because but and I feel like people be eating it wrong. Okay. <laughs> and that's why they don't appreciate my baby. Okay. Oh. They eating it wrong. What you gotta do is you gotta get on your fork. Okay. You gotta get a little bit of your turkey that got a little gravy on it. You uh-huh. got your dressing. Uh-huh. And then a little bit, just a little bit of the cranberry sauce. Pop that in there. I'm telling you, golden. Chef's kiss. Okay. <sighs> But not that crap that they do where they actually make cranberry sauce oh, from no. whole cranberry. Oh, you got to get the no. can. Oh, no. That slide that, that you got to shake yeah, to get out. It don't <laughs> look like nothing natural. Nothing natural. <laughs> I think Campbell's make it. it Shout out like, to Campbell's. It look like it comes from the earth. <laughs> Is there any cranberry in cranberry <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Okay. But you can't get the, people be like, oh, I'm gonna do whole um, whole cranberries. And they, no, who Mm-mm. who actually do that? I don't want skin. That? I don't want to taste skin. Exactly. I don't taste who that. actually do that? Some people like it. I, I'm gonna keep my comments. To <laughs> We're gonna keep it to ourselves. We have a wide ass audience. <laughs> I wish I could see my face. <laughs> <laughs> so whoever brings us some food, don't bring no uh. Was that? That's called the cranberry sauce. Cranberry sauce. But there's cranberry jelly and cranberry sauce. I think we're talking about ah. jelly is the one that we like. That was the slice. That that slice. That's cranberry jelly. From the can. Okay. And you have cranberry sauce. That's the one that actually has cranberries in it. Disgusting. Okay. <laughs> Absolutely disgusting. I listen. If somebody somebody brought that one year, and I just wanted to fight them, I was mean mugging them the whole time we at the dinner table. <sighs> Because we didn't have an alternative. There was no cranberry jelly. Like, nobody else brought cranberry jelly. So I'm in that mug pissed. Are you serious? You was mad for real? I was upset. <laughs> I could have fought everybody. <laughs> My mom was like, fix your face. No! Just go to the store and get some. <laughs> I, it's Thanksgiving. <laughs> By the time we eat, because you tell people to come at 2 o'clock, we're not going to eat until almost 8. Yeah, yeah, the yeah. The store is closed. This is true. But I brought the cranberries. Oh no! Oh, you! Ooh. I don't play about my food. She okay, hot. I'm hot. Oh, if y'all can see her right now, <laughs> that was a wound. She got triggered. <laughs> Listen, I went back. I had a flashback. Just oh, if I could just oh. You still see the person that brought it in? They was happy with it too. They was yeah, proud. They, they were like, <laughs> I made cranberry. Like they, I mean, they smiling, walking in with their little dish. Get this out of here. <laughs> Had it added to. And then they tried to leave. And I was like, uh-uh, come in. You all clean up. Clean up this cranberry dish uh, that you brought. <laughs> I was so upset. Well, I'm sure every major meal, holiday, <laughs> from that day forward, you had your cranberry jelly. I, I'll bring it. Don't worry about it. <laughs> Thank you, babies. I got it. Don't. That's how you fix that. <laughs> you didn't like it? I'm okay. Thank you anyway, though. Enjoy, love. I'm all right. <laughs> hey, did you have fun today? I did. Episode three was amazing. I agree. <laughs> we had some fun talking. I learned about HBCU Hogwarts University. Yes. Go home. I'm going to look it up. I'm gonna look, look it, it up. up. Yeah, man. I'm going to look that up. And we had some good conversation. Why? African Americans are subject to violence and what the church has done about it, which has been not very much. Um, so, man, yeah. 
Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you. Thank you all for listening to our broadcast. Uh, we hope you learned something. We hope you had some fun with us as we just kind of kicked it over some knowledge mm-hmm. um, and some good, good conversation. Uh, theological soul food. Trying to get ourselves satisfied by this amazing, blessed thing that God's given us called the African American Church. We want to make sure that we're doing our part, keep uh, the traditions alive that need to be alive, and but we're still contemporary enough, putting that new wine to new <laughs> wine skins, um, but still respecting the fact that wine is wine. Exactly. And you know that that that's that's what we've been drinking since the beginning. So God bless you all. Thank y'all for tuning in, and we'll Thank see you. y'all next episode. See you next episode.